From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson here with you again. And this week's episode is all about your self-talk and how it is holding you back from anxiety recovery. This episode is number 72, and I thank you for tuning in each and every week. It's every Wednesday I post a new podcast on Podbean, and then I will post the podcast on YouTube the day after, on Thursday. And so you can expect the podcast on YouTube that day. And then the podcast is every Wednesday on iTunes. So make sure you tune in every week. And I'm happy to be back. And I'm excited to talk about your self-talk. It's how you communicate to yourself that determines your emotions, your thoughts, right? And the more you provide yourself with rational and uplifting self-talk, the more you will feel better. The more you'll feel in control of your emotions. But first, I want to start off by talking about how we match other people in our environment. And we partially do this from our frontal lobes. In these frontal lobes, we have mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. And with these mirror neurons, we mirror other people. You may feel depressed when you hang around someone depressed. You pick up on their energy. And this happens because of our mirror neurons. We we mirror the energy. We mirror the mannerisms of that other person. So when someone in the environment you're in, maybe you're in a classroom full of people, maybe you're at work in the office, when someone steps outside of the game, they are viewed in such a inordinary manner. You view them as someone who's weird, someone who's odd, someone who's not normal, right? And so we mirror each other when we're sitting in a classroom, when we're sitting in a movie theater, when we're sitting at a symphony hall, wherever we are, we are mirroring each other. And when someone gets up and acts strangely, everyone looks over and everyone's anxiety systems become active because that person who's acting in ordinary is not mirroring the social norm, is not part of the game that everyone is playing right now at the moment. So we also accept the beliefs of anyone you come in contact with when you're not 
paying attention to your own set of beliefs and values. And what I mean by this is if you're around a friend and they're, they're spouting off some sort of uh, irrational belief, you can either accept the information by how you act towards them. You could be like mm -hmm, agreeing with them, even though you don't really want to engage in that conversation. Or you could actually reject that information internally by your self-talk. Internally say to yourself, you know what? I respect that person's view of the world, but my own beliefs do not believe what they're saying. I do not agree with that point of view. Or you say it to them. You say, look, I appreciate your opinion, but this is what I believe. And that also solidifies your own beliefs and values even more when you do that. So be careful of, of what you accept from other people. For example, like myself, being afraid of needles, if someone tells me, hey, Brad, you know, whoever is afraid of needles is a wimp because it is, it's painless. It's a painless experience. And my old self would really accept those opinions from other people and I would take them to heart. I would react with strong emotion towards those opinions, then what would happen? Well, I would actually view myself as a wimp because, well, that person said, you know, whoever is afraid of needles is a wimp. And, oh, well, I'm afraid, so I must be a wimp. And so I would emotionally react to that person's comment without any rational guard up there in my brain. When you do voluntarily confront that fear, when I would confront the fear of needles, I would then think that, you know what, this fear is unimportant. It, and it's unimportant to overcome this fear because, you know, other people view this fear of needles as being weak and being a wimp. So that's dangerous, right? Because when I would confront a fear, in the back of my mind, there would be a voice saying, you know what, you shouldn't really be afraid of needles because other people think that it's a no big deal, that it's painless. But it's important that you decide that this fear is important to me. And so it's the opinions of other people that can get in the way from you achieving your goal of getting over that certain fear. Everyone has their dragons they have to slay. Dragons meaning those, those challenges. For me, the fear of needles was a big 
dragon. But to some other people, it's a small baby dragon, or may, it may not be a dragon at all. But to me, it's that fear was meaningful to me. And the opinions and beliefs of other people can get in, in, in your head and in your mind and can worsen your self-talk. Because when you do confront that fear, when I would confront getting that needle, what would happen? Well, there would be that voice and opinion and opinions of other people in the back of my mind saying, well, this is no big deal. You know, you know, it's people say it's painless. People say this, people say that, you know, why are you afraid, Brad? Why are you being a wimp? And that gets in the way of my rational self-talk that should be present to overcome that fear. So to say that this dragon, the fear of needles, getting your blood drawn, is unimportant, it would be foolish. And here's why. Those that confront one fear voluntarily is going to confront other fears voluntarily. So if it's something that you unconsciously avoid, like my fear of going to the doctor to get a needle, if, if, you, if you do something like that, it's a big deal. It's not something small. That small baby dragon is going to keep chasing you and growing and growing and growing in, the, in your unconscious mind until you confront that fear. Once the person realizes that they can get their blood drawn and not faint and not run away, they will become more confident and ultimately they will become braver. At the end of that challenge, once I would get my blood drawn, I would get a huge dopamine kick. I, I would say, you know, I never thought I could do that before. I never thought I could do that before. Go get a needle and, and, and face that fear. I just, I view, I view that old me is now non-existent anymore. You're moving away from that old you. And your pain tolerance decreases once you confront that fear. And you will voluntarily confront other dragons in your life that you used to avoid. Particularly due to that feel-good dopamine rush you get when you actually overcome that challenge. It's an amazing feeling. When you go to an environment where you fear uh, you might you might fear of going to the movie theater and having a panic attack you may fear going to school and having a panic attack or giving a presentation and having extreme anxieties but when you do confront it and you ride the wave of panic your anxiety systems is going to become active when you are in that environment and every part of you is going to want to run out of that environment. 
when your anxiety systems become active, it takes over all other brain processes and you are going to fight the greatest battle you're going to fight in that moment. Your, every part of you wants to run and get out, but when you keep walking forward towards that doctor's office, when you keep walking forwards towards that movie theater or that, or that office building, wherever the challenge lies, you're going to send different signals to your amygdala, that part of your brain that initiates the fight, flight, or freeze response. Absolutely amazing. And this stimulates new neuronal pathways within the brain. So it's important that you provide yourself with enough reason to do it so that you're more, more likely to overcome the challenge. So while I was in the waiting room ready, uh, waiting to get my blood drawn or, or I was minutes away from giving a presentation or, or going to, to a schooling program, I came up with a hundred reasons not to go through with it. They all come up in your mind. Every part of you will do the best that it can to get you out and, and away from that perceived threat. And that's what your anxiety systems do. They, they detect a threat and they do what they can do to get you away from that threat to keep you alive. It's a natural bodily response. But it's important that you understand, you know, why should I do this? Give yourself reason to do it. So this is where your self-talk comes into play as well as your imagination. So your self-talk and your imagination play a key role in confronting the fear you're about to face. So there's flooding, which means just placing yourself in the stressful environment you are wanting to avoid that makes you fearful. Or there's systematic desensitization where you gradually work your way up towards the fear you are going to face. So looking at a picture, so say if you're afraid of elevators, looking at a picture of an elevator until you're bored of it, it could be the first step. And then the second step could be watching a video of someone going in an elevator until you're bored of it. And then the third step may be watching in person at, at a building, people going in and out of an elevator and then so forth and then so on until you actually go in the elevator and ride it up. So there's two options, flooding, just placing yourself in that environment or systematic desensitization where you gradually work up, build yourself up towards the most feared situation. So when you arrive at the moment of facing that dragon, that challenge, your self-talk and imagination are crucial 
for the outcome. And so when I was getting my blood drawn, one of the fears I had was uh, fainting when, with all of these nurses around, fainting and embarrassing myself and the fear of being judged. It wasn't the act of, it wasn't fainting itself, but it was the fear of other people judging me. So in that situation, what I would do is I would turn my imagination on itself. So when I would imagine myself fainting and the nurses being concerned and the fear of being judged, what I would do is imagine myself fainting and then waking up with a smile and then laughing about it. That changed my perspective over fainting. It didn't seem so scary. It seemed more, you know, I seemed more confident in my imagination. I was just laughing with the nurses, you know, and I was just going along with it and not caring what they thought. And that image helped me get past that feeling of fainting and that fear of fainting. So imagine the worst case scenario and then yourself acting in a goofy, confident, and relaxed manner. So if you're afraid of fainting, imagine yourself laughing after you faint and with confidence and looking relaxed and comfortable in that situation. It'll make a huge difference on the outcome. Or imagine yourself leaving the building with your arms raised high into the air and you have a confident posture with a big smile from ear to ear. Imagine yourself overcoming the fear and yourself leaving that environment with confidence, with a big smile, with laughter, and that'll push you and move you towards that outcome because you see what you aim at. Your unconscious is like, okay, this is what Brad wants. So let's manifest that. If you keep imagining the worst case scenario, you're going to unconsciously manifest the worst case scenario. And this will make confronting the dragon more probable. So imagine the outcome you want. This will make the outcome more probable. And another great technique is looking at a picture of a loved one. This says that when I overcome this fear, this person that I'm looking at will also benefit from my success. Also, say to yourself, this is my dragon to slay. To other people, this dragon is non-existent, but to me, this dragon is important. This prevents that self defeating self-talk from the voices of other people saying that this fear is no big deal. So keep reminding yourself that this dragon, this fear that you're about to face is important to you. It's important to you because remember, 
when you confront this fear and you overcome this fear, what happens? You're more likely and willing to face those other fears in your life that you constantly avoid. Very, very, very powerful. Very powerful. So it's important that you confront the fear. And when you do, you move away from that older you. The you that used to avoid and run away from that certain situation. So the more positive self-talk you provide yourself, even though every part of you is in fear mode, wants to run away from the environment, the more probable you will overcome this challenge. So watch your positive self-talk. Your rational self-talk is going to move you through that anxiety, that fear. The fear that just takes over your whole system. Believe me, it took over my system when I was walking into that doctor's office and I knew I was getting a needle. My amygdala was firing. My amygdala knew that Brad's perception over a needle equals threat because that's how I reacted in the past towards a needle. I reacted like it was a threat. So my threat detection system going into that office recognized the doctor's office, recognized the uh, associations related to my past experiences with needles, and then it fired off the anxiety systems, and it, I, I wanted to get out of there. That's just how I, I reacted. And so going back there... Every part of me wanted to leave, but I just kept moving forward because I knew, I knew the reason and I knew the outcome of confronting the fear. I knew I was going to feel great about myself. I knew I was going to lessen my fear over this. And I knew that facing this challenge stimulates new neuronal pathways within my brain. I knew all of these things. So I knew that even though every part of me was, was, was frightened, I just went forward. I knew that I needed to do this to prove my old self wrong, because I knew that if I was to actually run away right now, that I would only increase my fear. So I also attached pain to not going, th not going through the act of facing the needle, facing uh, being having my blood drawn, that was a fear. That was a big fear of mine. So I went through with it, and I, what do you know? I felt great afterwards. I didn't faint. I used rational self-talk. I, I um, imagined the best outcome that I wanted from that. And I left there in a complete dopamine high. I felt great. And I knew and I proved to myself that I actually can confront these kinds of challenges and overcome them. Absolutely amazing. And lastly, before I end this podcast, I just want to touch on posture. 
make sure when you do confront a challenging situation, situation of fear that's really uh, that really manifests itself in your life. When you confront that fear, it's important to act out the posture of somebody who who bravely confronts the fear. So even though you want to hide away and slouch and you want to back off into a corner and and look away, it's important that you engage in proper posture because that sends the right signals to your brain that you actually can go overcome this. Act as if you are a person who is not bothered by the needle, who's not bothered by the challenge you are facing. So act as if. It is so powerful. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. Thank you for subscribing on my YouTube channel. Thank you for following the Anxiety Project podcast on iTunes. And it's also on Google Play. It's also on Google Podcasts. So the podcast is on both of those sites. And I thank you for tuning in each and every week. And remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.